This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, and welcome to episode number 50. That's right, 5 0, 10 times 5, and you got 50 of them podcasts. Wow. That's right, folks. 50th podcast of the Four Man Rush, and it's been fun. And just so happens, God almighty, the 50th episode is the episode where we talk about the departure of one Cam Newton. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? But that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. So, obviously, we're going to talk about Cam um, hitting the free agency. Uh, we already got some news about him possibly going to two teams. Well, they want to see his, his records, his medical records, but um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, player movement and free agency, which started yesterday. Um, we got three players on the roster. We'll talk about that real quick. And we also have the GOAT, also known as the GOAT, one Tom Brady in the NFC South Division now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thomas Brady is playing for the Tampa Bay Bucks, ladies and gentlemen. He has left the cold and went down south to old Tampa Bay. Um, why he went to the Bucks, I do not know. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to understand that myself. Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Does it have something to do with his initials? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But Tom's down there, so he's going to, have to face us twice this year. Yay! Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about all those things um, on the best podcast for the Carolina Panthers. I don't care what you say. Yeah, I said it. Tell your mama. Um, and uh, let's get into it, fellas. I'm here with Kevin and Will, and uh, we're going to talk talk about these uh, these player movements first. Uh, the free agency hit yesterday, and we got some guys on our squad, and hope they're going to help out Coach Rule in this defense. So, Will Harris. Tell us a little bit more about these uh, these young players that we got um, up on our roster, man. Yeah, I think I need to preface this by saying when Matt Rule was hired, one thing that he said was that he's going to look to evaluate players based on traits, not specific positions. So he wants to look at guys that have – he wants a DN to be a certain way, his linebacker to look a certain way, his safety to be a certain way. So those are the kinds of players that he's going to try to bring and fill out this roster. That combined with dollars and dead cap that the Panthers have this year, you're just going to get those you know bargain free agents that have traits that Matt Rule is used to signing. Keep in mind he's from Baylor and Temple. He didn't get the blue chip five star guys in college. He had to take athletes, the long, fast, and agile, and try to develop them into becoming good football players. So I think the classic example of that is the first guy that made this free agency season, which was Steven Weatherly, defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. He went to Vanderbilt, very smart guy. He didn't get a lot of starting reps because Minnesota has a loaded defensive line. Their edge rushers are two elite players, Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter. So he was just more of a rotational player with those guys. But he was pretty productive in the few reps he did get. Vikings fans really like him and thought he had a lot of potential. And he's got an elite athletic profile. He runs a 4-6-40. He's long, fast, athletic. And, you know, he's similar in size to the guy we have, Brian Burns. So I think he could be a good addition to the defensive line rotation with Burns, Christian Miller, who's also in that similar mold 
uh, Marquise Haynes. And now we got uh, Weatherly to add to that rotation. So I'm excited about what we're going to have at that defensive end position. We also signed Stephen, uh, not Stephen, Justin Burris, the safety from the Cleveland Browns. He's kind of a hybrid safety and nickel corner type. He got a lot of reps last year. I think, again, he'll be a good um, weapon to use on that back end of the defense. We lack depth in the secondary right now. So a guy that can play both positions will be a plus. And he'll have a chance to complete with reps with Trey Boston. We also just resigned to a three-year deal. And it'll give us flexibility to maybe move Eric Reed to linebacker, which may be a better fit for him at this stage in his career. So between Weatherly, um, Burris, and Trey Boston, you know, we're starting to fill out this roster a little bit. And I think, you know, I'm excited to see what these guys can do and how they'll fit into Phil Snow's system. And we also signed Bridgewater, but we'll get to that a little bit later because that's more of a splash signing that we weren't expecting. But with those three guys, I think it's a good start to free agency, adding depth with guys with solid traits that can fit into this scheme. Good deal. Gavin, how you feel about these guys coming on board, man? Well, I'll be honest. I, I had the the who face, like, who? Who these guys? Um, <laughs> let me go to Google real quick. I'll be right back. You know, that was my, uh, that was my initial, you know, feeling because he was none of the guys that we had discussed on previous episodes as, you know, potential frigid targets. But then again, as Will so greatly stated, you know, with, with the dead cap situation, we knew that we was going to be targeting guys that likely nobody had heard. And even with our own, you know, expansive knowledge that we possess, this was uh, this was definitely a scramble on Google search to find out about these guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're just adding, you know, pieces to the roster, you know, slowly assembling the best 90 men that we can take to, uh, to Camp Wofford, which, you know, we will be going again, you know, because uh, we did secure that deal. So, yeah, we'll be heading back. Uh, back there, um, just from you know what the information I was able to look up, you know I know Will covered a lot of the the basis on both players, but you know in a limited role uh, based on snap count, you know uh, with the uh, with Weatherly here, one thing that kind of you know jumped off the screen to me was uh, uh you know on just 297 pass rush snaps, um, he was able to get uh, 29 total pressures. Um, you know, six hits, 19 hurries, and four sacks. So even in a limited role, uh, playing behind two, you know, elite, you know, players, he was able to come in and, and you know, make sure that he kept the heat on the quarterback. So, you know, based on the idea that Matt Rule and Snow like these uh, athletic players, you know, with the sports science that they brought in, let's – you know, let's see it there. This uh, this may be uh, um, some sort of gem in the rough. I'm not going to say diamond, you know, because I, I don't want to try to, you know, sell a lot of hoopla here. But uh, obviously they, they saw things, they saw something with their research that made them feel like that, yeah, this is someone that we can use. And, you know, when you pay, you know, the type of money that we that was paid, you know, obviously they they seem to, they seem to like Weatherly a lot. I, I saw where several... Panther fans were were like, who, what, why? You know, you know, we want the players from Nordstrom and the players, you know, from Macy's, and you know, we, you know, we back at the Dollar General, you know, with this one, you know, Dollar General, Family Dollar, oh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think they even went to Groupon to pick up, you know, some deals as well. So, <laughs> but, uh, but overall, you know, I, 
I like the move. And then with, um, what was it, Justin? Burris. Burris. Yeah, Justin Burris. Uh, he offers that position flexibility that we uh, started hearing a lot from um, Rivera in the last few years. He's a guy that can play both safety spots, and he can play uh, he can play in the nickel um, as well. So, again, you know, someone that shows some flexibility to, you know, to be lined up anywhere on the field. And um, I think that's something that we can – um, enjoy something we can enjoy watching Rule and Snow put together. Um, obviously, when people see that he's with the Cleveland Browns, oh, he must be trash. He must not be no good. But, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, with the research that they did, and they had far more access to information than any of us fans could ever have. I just think that, you know, these signings are, are low key signings that are like low risk and could grant us um, a decent reward. And, you know, when I looked at uh, Justin Burris, what I kind of stumbled across here was uh, pretty solid numbers. Now, mind you, we, you know, when you mentioned pro football focus, you know, you had to do it with a grain of salt. Fair. You know, let's, let's call it for what it is. Um, but one thing about it, they, they seem to grade all the players in the same way. There seem to be no favoring. So according to pro football focus with uh, – with uh, Justin Burris, uh, they got him overall at a 69.5 and uh, got him graded at 72.8 run defense. And believe it or not, they got pass rushing 76.3. So that lets me know he can play the run and he can get out to the quarterback. Uh, his coverage was a, a 61.5 last year, again, in a rotational role. Uh, but uh, basically when he was targeted, the passer rating allowed was only 97.9. Uh, so, you know, just you know, just something to um, see what can um, be what can um, be maximized here. Now we looked; he didn't have exactly the greatest athletic profile. You know, we, you know, we keep it real here. We, you know, we don't try to sugarcoat nothing. But obviously, you know, something about him. I'm thinking his position flexibility, playing multiple positions, that what made him appealing. So I, I think both moves are are really gonna. Um, be good and, you know, can't really say not much else about the third move with Trey Boston. You know, Mr. Hit or Miss, <laughs> that's what I like to call him. <laughs> that's a good so when he hits you, he hits you good. But when he miss, he misses bad. You know, it's, it's like, you know, watching him tap is like, Usher, you got it bad, bro. You know, but uh, <laughs> but I'm glad Trey's back. I'm glad he finally got some serious money in his pocket, which what he's been What's been or what he's been after all along for the last couple of years? Yeah. Um, he's definitely a leader. He's definitely uh, someone that can makes plays on the ball. So um, just glad to see him finally secure the bag that he's been after for the last three seasons since we originally released him back in um, t- after the 2016 season. Yeah. So overall, I think all of these are good, good, solid, low key moves to um, move forward with this rebuild process. Good stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Um... <clears throat> I can't wait to see this defensive coordinator put this defense together, man. That's that's the only thing I'm I'm, I'm worried about. Like you guys mentioned, uh, let's let's see let's see what they do with these athletes. That will make me feel better. Offense, I'm not too worried about. Um, and of course, we brought on one Teddy Bridgewater. So, um, I mean, it was, <laughs> if you don't know anything about Teddy Bridgewater, you 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 haven't been watching football very long. That's for sure. Um, even, even with the Saints last year, he put up some, he put up some really good numbers, um, basically. So, 
Um, you guys want to touch? I mean, uh, Will, I know you you had a pretty pretty good uh, uh, understanding of Teddy Bridgewater in, in terms of what he did in Florida and and all that before he actually got to the NFL. You wanna you wanna touch on that for the listeners? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty big deal in Miami Dade County. I know probably being, I mean, I'm from Charlotte too. We don't really hear about what goes on in other cities and their high school programs and their youth programs. When I first moved here in like 2006, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty big deal here. You ask guys who's the best quarterback ever to come out of Miami Dade. You know, they'll get some local guys that never really made it. You know, everybody has their favorites, but the name you'll always hear at the top of that list is Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I saw him play as a sophomore in high school. He was in the uh, regional semifinals at Miami Northwestern High School. They have a um, special series called, called Year of the Bull you might want to check out. Hmm. But he was playing um, – his receiver was Amari Cooper, actually, wide receiver for the Cowboys. Hmm. But Teddy was a sophomore. You know, he was leading Miami Northwestern. He was, you know, one of their best players. He had a very good high school career. You know, he got recruited by Louisville, hmm. where he also had a great career and was a first-round pick. So, I mean, he, I'm very familiar with him. I've been following him since he was a sophomore in high school. You know, we have conversations down here all the time about who are the best quarterbacks to come out of this area, and he's probably sitting at the top as the best quarterback to come out of this city. He's from Liberty City, you know, a hard part of Miami. He's always in the area handing out school supplies to kids. He go, still goes to high school games at um, Traz Powell Stadium, which is like the mecca of football, which they like to call it, mm-hmm. where they would play their rival Miami Central, who has – Another school produces great talent. So, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's a pretty big deal down here. So when I talk about him, I'll get that out there because I might be a little biased when I talk about him. <laughs> but he went to the Vikings, and he was drafted, I think, in the either 2013, 2014 range. And, I mean, he got off to a pretty decent start in his career. He was just takes care of the ball. He's accurate, good decision maker, smart. And he just had a tragic injury, you know, a freak accident in training camp where yeah. he – injured his knee and it was questionable about whether he would ever be able to play football again and it just it was miraculous how he was able to bounce back and you know get an opportunity with the Jets I think he was cut by them and then the Saints picked him up and finally when Drew Brees went down he got to start five games and we saw what he was able to do it went five and oh you know he just gets the ball to his weapons lets them do their thing and now he's you know signed a big contract three years 63 million dollars with the Carolina Panthers just look at his come up, you know, all he's been through, the adversity. Mm-hmm. Just tough-minded, very good locker room guy. And I think he'll be an asset to both the Panthers and the Charlotte community. I think what brought him here was Joe Brady. I know I think what's fascinating to me is people were so excited about Joe Brady bringing him on board, you know, and what he'll be able to do with his offense. But now that Joe Brady went and got his quarterback, they don't like his selection. You know, how can you – you know, be excited about an offensive coordinator when you're going to complain about him adding the guys that he wants to run his offense. <laughs> you know, the, the um, <laughs> it's going to be similar to the New Orleans Saints offense. You know, you're going to have a balanced attack, you know, quick passes. I mean, look at Michael Thomas. He's money routes that speed out. You know, it's just simple reads. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a perfect fit for what Joe Brady wants to do. And then just look at the contract we got him at. We have a starting quarterback locked up for three years at $20 million. So you can either be a bridge quarterback, you know, till we want to sign somebody in the draft this year or next year. Or maybe you go the San Francisco 49ers route where you have a quarterback at a cost-controlled contract that allows you to spend that money elsewhere and build a talented team around him. 
So I just think he gives the team flexibility in how they want to proceed moving forward. You know, if you think about the NFC the last three years, look at who the quarterbacks of the NFC champions were. You had Jared Goff from the Rams. You had Nick Foles for the Eagles. And you had, um, um, oh, my God, went to the Super Bowl. Oh, Garoppolo. Last year. Garoppolo, yeah, for the 49ers. So, I mean, he's on elite quarterbacks. They're just, they're on, they manage the game, take care of the football, manageable contracts, and their teams just drafted well and built great teams around them to allow them to succeed. Mm -hmm. So, I think, you know, I think the plan A should be to just see what we can do with Teddy Bridgewater in this window, you know, add talent around him, re-sign CMC, lock up DJ, maybe lock up Curtis, you know, and just let him see what he can do. And if worst-case scenario, if he doesn't work out next year, you have the 2021 draft to where you can maybe add a quarterback to transition into that new era. But, you know, I'm excited about the um, about bringing him on. I think what fans need to remember, it's not his fault that Cam is leaving. He's not in the negotiating room determining extensions. He's wasn't his decision to trade Cam. It's not his decision to release Cam. He's just, you know, a hardworking quarterback that's finally getting an opportunity to earn a starting role with this team. So, He's our quarterback now. That's your new quarterback. So support him. You know, let's see what he can do. Exactly. Exactly. Stop hating. <laughs> Kevin, what's your thoughts on old Teddy, Teddy? Well, my thoughts on Teddy, um, really, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, keep it 100, bro. <laughs> I, I remember when uh, when Teddy was uh, becoming a fragrant before the Saints got him, I, I thought he was someone that would be – a great backup to Cam Newton, you know this. This preceded the uh, um, the uh, you know in the post Derek Anderson um, era, you know as far as someone that could come in. You know I was thinking player with a you know a mobile quarterback who who uh, can you know move in the pocket and who can buy time with his feet, which is you know what, what which benefit the type of offense we was running at the time. So. Uh, he was someone that I had on my radar back in um, after the end of the 2017 season. Um, I'm just, you know me, fellas, you know, I'm, I'm really open-minded. Um, I, I try to always look for the positives, but I try not to overemphasize them as well because mm-hmm. we just never know how things work out. But, you know, I've always been a silver lining type of guy. Uh, I'm willing to see, you know, what Teddy Bridger can do. Obviously, I think he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, we're talking about a man that, if I'm not mistaken, Will, when you're talking about his injury, I think it was like at one point life-threatening. You know, the uh, you know it was players that I, I heard that when they saw his injury, like they got like sick, like threw up. You know what I'm saying? It was that gruesome of an injury, and and uh, and I, by God, you know something like that. You know, to overcome that to have a chance to play again, and I uh, I definitely uh, I'm definitely rooting for the guy, and you know he has the opportunity. It's his hand. He could be stopgap or he can be the answer altogether. It's up to him. You know, you're getting paid to be the answer. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I think the final numbers came out as three years, 63 million. So it's actually $21 million a year, which is still relatively cheap. That's probably not even the top 15 or 20 in the league. You know, if you ask me, <laughs> you know, with all these you know escalating salaries mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's going on. So I, I just really, um, I'm just really uh, optimistic, and and I think you know once we get over the disappointment of what happened with Cam, and and start seeing how this team is being put together, and and, and uh, once we get this through this post coronavirus era where we can 
you know, the facilities can open up and the players can, you know, get acclimated and see what's going on. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it all falls together. Um, real quickly, just to give a quick brush down, you know, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, last year with Teddy Bridgewater, um, he had 1,384 passing yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, only had 220 pass attempts. So he was just someone that was very efficient. You know, he didn't necessarily, you know, wow you, but he also, you know, made plays when he had to as well. Um, wasn't a big scrambler. He only had, you know, 40 yards scrambling. Um, they only called 16 design runs for him. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I just think that he's a player that can um, that can occupy it. And, honestly, you know, for the sh- short term, it's up to him to determine, you know, how long he remains the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers. So um, I think it's kind of ironic his three-year contract has also, you know, been estimated around the same amount of time we think offense coordinator Joe Brady will be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's as widely assumed that once Joe Brady get a few years here at Carolina, he's going to be the next hot big thing. And I think uh, with Teddy knowing his system, I, I think that, uh, you know, Teddy could be helping um, Brady – you know, get his first coaching opportunity if he can really show up. So I think that was another reason why this deal makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just for the sake of familiar familiarity and you know not having to you know struggle adjusting to a new playbook. But um, yeah, fans. So I get it. We're hurting. We're we're all emotional about everything that went down today. It's fresh, so I'm not expecting everyone to be logical. Um, and rational at this point in time. I, I definitely was in my feelings as well. Mm. I ain't going to lie. I, 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 the eyes kind of watered up a little bit. I'm going to be real. <laughs> you know, because, uh, but hey, that's that's the NFL life. So we press forward, we keep pounding, and we move on. Well said. <laughs> we got to keep moving on, folks. That's, that's the bottom freaking line. Damn it. Jesus Christ. Give Teddy a chance, folks. By the way, we shore up this old line. There's a gentleman by the name of CMC who acted a fool with a BS old line. So imagine when we get that shit straight. I don't care who's a quarterback. You, if you focus it on CMC, your world is your world is 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 a wreck. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's something going on. Um, because you, <laughs> you got there's too many things you can do with that guy, man. It, Teddy's gonna be just fine. He's gonna be just fine. Um, so <laughs> I guess we'll just go ahead and touch on the elephant in the room, shall we? Cam Newton. Bill Belichick said Cam Newton made that man sweat at night, man. Like, like he, he had the shits. <laughs> like <laughs> Cam, Cam Newton gave his man, <laughs> gave his man fits. They, the, the, uh, the night before he had to go going that field and coach against that man. So, I mean, Cam Newton, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, if you don't know, I don't know what the heck is going on with you. Cam Newton is now a free agent, basically. He's out there going to get his uh, his, his trade deal the way he wants it. Um, and speaking for myself, and I guess the fellas too, actually, because we talked about this, um, we wish that man all the, all the best, for real. Um, he's more than earned his, his respect and his, uh, his, his, uh, his payday 
uh, for you know what he's done for this organization and for the game of football and the NFL as a whole. The man's an icon, um, and we hate to see this man go. Um, it's it's crazy we're doing this 50th ep- episode and talking about Cam like this, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Will, if uh, you you you'll start us off, man. Um, what's what's going on with Cam, and what do we know so far? And uh, yeah, yeah, just speak 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 your truth, man. Yeah, man. I mean. Well, first, I'm not going to do a career reflection yet like we nah, did with Luke Kickley. Nah. I just think it's not appropriate yet. I think Cam's got a lot of football ahead of him, his best football ahead of him. I think he's going to go to another team and shine and, you know, be the guy that he's capable of being. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I think it's more simple than Cam wanting to be here and Matt Rule wanting him here. I just think you have to look at the direction both sides are going and the best interest of both parties. I think from Cam Newton's perspective, it just didn't make sense to play out his contract with zero guaranteed money on this last year of his contract. And I just think it wasn't he wasn't going to step on the field without a contract extension. So that's from and you can't blame him for that. You know, I mean, his agent's got to look out for his client and he's looking out for his best interests. I just don't think it made sense for him to play out his contract with zero guaranteed money. It's just too much at stake, too much risk Mm -hmm. from the Panthers perspective. It didn't make sense to extend him. I mean, he hasn't been healthy since October 2018. They wanted him to prove that he can stay healthy for a 16-game season before they commit that much money to him. And just look at what the quarterbacks are being paid now. I mean, average guys like Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill are getting, you know, $100 million contracts, you know, generating $30 million a year and over $50, $60 million of guarantees. So it's just a, a huge commitment that would have been required from the organization to commit to Cam Newton over the long term. And it just doesn't make sense for a rebuilding team. And on top of that, you're going to have to pay Christian McCaffrey, the highest paid running back of all time, possibly. I mean, DJ Moore's got a contract coming due soon. He just paid Shaq Thompson. So and then you still have to fill out the rest of your roster. So I just think, you know, with the Panthers cap situation and being in rebuild mode, Cam needing to prove himself now to earn a long-term security for his future, the two sides just, you know, where do you find that median? You know, how do you find that median to where a deal between both parties makes sense and they can move on with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback? So I just think the business of football ultimately caused his departure, and it's just something we see all the time. I mean, Joe Montana in a Chiefs jersey. Randall Cunningham in a Vikings jersey, Peyton Manning in a Broncos jersey, mm-hmm. you know, Brett Favre in a Jets and a um, Vikings jersey. I mean, it happens. it happens. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's okay to be a Cam Newton fan. I mean, I wish him the best. I hope he goes to another team, balls out, gets the weapons he needs to succeed in this league. And I'm still going to ride with the Panthers like I've been doing, you know, since 1995. So, I mean, I hate that. His last game had to end, you know, in that ugly Thursday night game in Tampa. Yeah. And it kind of bothers me that the departure got kind of ugly. You know, the Panthers tried to use PR to soften the blow and put out statements. And then, yeah. you know, Cam saying that's not how it went. And I wanted to be here and you guys forced me out. And then his teammates came to his defense. But it's just part of, you know, the new guard coming in and the old guard not liking the way they're being pushed out. But it's part of football, man. I mean, at the end of the day, he's had nine years here. 
your great nine years here, most you know successful run in franchise history. But I mean, we we haven't won a playoff game since 2015. You know, he hasn't been healthy the last two years. He's been up and down. He had his inconsistencies here and there. And I think think it was time for both sides to start fresh, you know, and have new beginnings. And that's the best way I could put it right now. Yeah. Well said, bro. Um, wow. I can't believe this is going on. Uh, Kevin. Uh, well. <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> Man. Hey. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, you, you guys know me, you know, when, uh, you know, when my source <laughs> hit me up and told me, um, uh, pretty much, uh, it's about to be a big bombshell drop today. Um, in the pit of my stomach, I really got sick <laughs> because I knew for him to say it like that, it was, it, it could really only be one thing at this point in time. Um, and, uh, you know, once the, uh, once it was, you know, once he shared with me and told me, and then I had to wait to the media put it out before we can start sharing it. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it it really uh it really was a shock as far as from a fan point of view. Mm. You know, we're talking about you know someone that I mean I, I started following Cam Newton when he was at the uh, University of Florida back in two thousand and eight. You know, with the laptop gate <laughs> per oh, se. Oh man! <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, like who's this guy behind Tim Tebow? You know, who's this guy? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a it's a big dude. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And you know, went off to, you know, do his thing at Blinn Junior College National Championship. Came back to the SEC, Auburn. Um, you know, undefeated Heisman Championship. Uh, you know, like I'm not going to do a whole career rundown, but he's just someone that, uh, that you know, I just, it's just, just been a joy to watch. You know, he, he truly, you know, did it his way and he styled and, and one thing I think that you'd be hard pressed to find someone with any of a more competitive nature than a Cam Newton. You know, I mean, we're talking about someone that's with a tireless work ethic, um, loves to have fun, brains energy, trash talking, you know, but, you know, throughout the community has probably one of the biggest heart of any athlete that's ever lived in the Charlotte Metro area, you know, with his giving back to the community. But, um, overall though, man, it's, uh, it's just it's just been a hell of a ride watching Cam Newton, and and Tim, you already know, you know we uh, you know we met up in 2015, the year of Dad, man. Yeah, I mean, man. that even though they end the way we wanted, man, I, I in my lifetime, if we never experienced that again, that was the most fun as a football fan I ever had, yeah. you know, because <laughs> you know, like what's a dab? You know, I had to ask my daughter <laughs> at the time. She's like, Dad, you know what a dab is? Like, nah, you know, you know, you. They're putting a dab of hot sauce on my chicken, you know, no, no. That's the type of dab I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a dab. Then she, you know, she put daddy, you know, she she gave me the breakdown and everything. So, oh, okay. Cool. All right, yeah, I can get with that. Uh, let's do that. And, I mean, we took the, you know, we took the we took the, um, took the world by storm with, with it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we had, uh, you know, 90-something-year-old Betty White getting a dab on. So, I mean, hey, you know, we had old folks in the – in the nursing home dabbing. So, you know, that's just Cam Newton. He just had that type of energy, man, where you just, you went to work, but you had fun at work. You know what I'm saying? And, 
uh, that's just something that I, I just love as a fan and I'm a miss and, and I, I definitely wish him well. I, I want him to, and I expect him to play like a madman possessed. Oh, he going to show you his know. Ass. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, can't, you know, tell me I can't do something and watch this, you know? So basically telling the Panthers front office, okay, you don't believe Oz worth uh, an extension. Well, check this out, you know? So, um, you know, this it's, it's going to be interesting to, to see how it plays out. Um, I know that before it broke, it was mentioned that two teams that had asked for Cam Newton's medical records were the uh, Los Angeles Chargers and the New England Patriots. So uh, I think I had asked Will early in the chat, you know, what type of station could we possibly look in at here? Uh, just to let y'all guys know, just to throw it out there for information, uh, the Chargers got seven draft picks. Um, they're just pretty much one through seven. They got the six overall, uh, number 37 in the second round. Uh, they're basically just drafting almost in the same position as we are uh, uh, pretty much. So, um, And then I looked over at the Patriots. The Patriots got 12 draft picks. Um, you know, they got a first. They got three-thirds. Uh, they got a fourth. They got four six-picks, six-round picks, and seven – I mean, excuse me, three seven-round picks. Um, mm. You know, we're talking about, you know, stacking up, you know, picks here. I mean, hey, you know, Bill, talk to us. You know what I'm saying? Let's – you know, let, 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 let me highlight. you. You know, what you – what you want from them, Cam and three third rounders? What's up? <laughs> What's good? Oh, I don't know about y'all, but I take three third rounders um, for Cam. <laughs> Hell yeah! You know, um, I, I got no problems with that. You know, especially with this draft. Mm. You know, with the with the talent and depth, and with the holes as many holes as we got, because um, it's gonna be a lot of day one talent pushed back into day two, and then we sitting day two with. <laughs> we'll shoot three or four uh, third round picks. I mean, hey, you know, we we uh, we may not be going to Nordstrom's, but we're going to Target. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you know, just uh, overall though, um, you know, I'm always going to treasure and remember, you know, Cam for what he did both on and off the field. Um, I wish him well. Definitely going to keep tabs on him and and uh, and uh, you know. See how it all plays out, and and um, you know, best of luck to him, and, and thank him because uh, he truly gave Panther Nation a ride like they never had before in their franchise history. And um, I'm very appreciative and thankful that I was able to enjoy that firsthand. Man, it was, this is this is one hell of a day, man. It's one hell of a day. Um, ah. Yeah, this is crazy. I can't believe he's saying this right now. Well, anyway, Cam's Cam's uh Cam's out there, folks. Cam's out there, and yeah, and it, I agree, Kevin. Twenty fifteen was ridiculous. The way we just running through teams, bro. It was, and there's so much energy. God, it that that energy was just it was intoxicating, man. Cam running up and down the sideline, man, had the whole stadium just lit. The defense was shutting people down. Jayno was doing his thing. Luke was doing his thing, man. It was God Almighty. 
Yeah, I mean, me and you met up for that for that Redskins game, you know what I'm saying, with that 40-burger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that was the game where Cam made uh, the defense jump outside four times yeah. in a row. <laughs> Bro, we won. See, I was at that game, too. You was, was at the at game, too? Game. Uh... I didn't know y'all yet. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah we That's was at crazy. one game I went to that year. Man, that, that was crazy. Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a November game, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, was took, I took the um train down to the. We had an apartment, like right around uh Freedom Drive, not Freedom. We were we we were out out in the um out out of the city at that time. So oh, I took shit. the train with my mom down to the game on the way back. Man, the train was just popping. We were undefeated. <laughs> Fans were so excited. The city was on fire. Man, man. just never forget that. Never. Season, Never. and then I think you know. I mean, he had you know the first yeah, six, seven games. It was just you know normal pedestrian Cam doing his thing. Mm-hmm. That second half of that season, man, did he take off? I think he had like twenty-one touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, bro, his rhythm. He was had crazy. games with like three hundred passing yards, yeah. one hundred rushing yards, yeah. five touchdowns. I mean, you think you see what Lamar Jackson doing right now, man? I don't even think he putting up games like Cam was doing in 2015, the Saints game. Uh, you know, he single-handedly went into the Superdome and, you know, the defense couldn't stop Breeze that day. So he had to, you know, win games 41-38. Mm-hmm. The Giants game where up oh, 35-0, almost blow the lead. I mean, he just putting up Madden numbers that year. Crazy. It was just, man, I haven't seen anything, you know, the, I think that's the clo- that season is the closest thing we'll get to like the LeBron James of football. Yeah, you know if he sustained it, I think you know you can make that comparison. But that type of season, man, just to see a guy so dominant just, like yeah. that, running the ball, throwing the ball, threading the needle, that pass to Ed Dixon, you know, threading the needle like yeah. that. Hey, that I mean, was it's just man. that was one of the most. <laughs> oh, that throw was just so. <laughs> Bro, it's delicious. That's, a, that's all I can say. That throw was delicious. I mean, and you know, wow. and you know, my favorite play, Tim. Even though it was the game we lost, that game in Atlanta when it was third down, mm-hmm. and we needed eight yards, and Cam drove uh, like five Falcon players six yards to uh, get that first down. Uh, bro, and he was like, taking hits, bro. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he, he was shaking them off like uh, he refused. Get off me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I mean, like, so we lost the game, but that play right now was like, yeah, bro. God damn, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, this, this, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, <laughs> yeah <man>. bro. <laughs> Cameron Newton, boy, that hey, CMC special. Don't get me wrong, folks. CMC is special, but there will never be another Cam Newton. Never be another Cam. And the thing. I'm sorry, just think the play on his field was matched by the fun and the energy he brought to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, we've seen teams in the NFL dominate, but how many had as much fun as we did? No, you know what I'm saying? No, no. I mean, teams start emulating out. Everybody want to do sideline photos. Yeah. Everybody want to get together in the end zone and take photos. Like, man, we – man, that's, that's us. That's, that's us. us. <laughs> 2015, we've been there. You out there selling out fan fest, man. I mean – Fan fest. like – I mean, I've been going to Panther games. Shoot, I mean, I remember watching the game in oh eight, oh nine. There wasn't no interest in the team, man. I've been sitting up in the upper deck by myself. It was the empty stadium watching Jimmy Clausen, Matt Moore. You know, Jake DeLone was about past his prime at that point. 
was. And uh, I mean, it, it wasn't no energy in the stadium. And then when Cam got here, man, it's like you couldn't even get a ticket to Fan Fest. They had to start charging money for the tickets. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? He changed the game, bro. He changed the game in Charlotte, anyway. You know, well, I could you could probably say he changed the facing the NFL a little bit. If not a lot. Oh, definitely, man, because I, mean, we I don't think the Panthers, Carolina Panthers weren't a national brand until mm. Cam came on board. I mean, we had success. I'm not going to act like you know it was just some dormant franchise. I mean, we've been to a Super Bowl, which was impressive for a team that started in 95. True. We've been to a few NFC championships, but just that national attention, that national brand, playing on Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, Showtime Monday Night Football against the Patriots, you know, Games like man, it was like you know we just getting so much. You know, the world was focused on the Panthers for you know it's kind of getting the kind of attention that we didn't usually get. That's true. You know, when we talk about 2015, what about 2013? You know, Monday night against the Patriots, he's running ah, in circles on third down, juke the so whole up the first defense down and out. led the game-winning drive, hitting Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn, and then um, and then the pass to Dominique Hickson and the rain pouring down rain miles. Against the New Orleans Saints yeah. to end our division drought in yeah. 2013. That was huge. That was just, huge. man. I know I said I wasn't going to reflect on his career at this point, but it's just, man. But we we could spend what a time, though. We could spend hours. <laughs> I mean, he's done. I mean, we we're not going to talk about his his rushing prowess. I mean, dude, that, this this guy was so special, man. Especially, hey, he ran 60 like, yards against Atlanta. Remember that shit, man? Yeah, Smitty. He had Smitty as a lead blocker. Smitty as a lead blocker. Doing a flip in the end zone. 72 yards. You know, let's let's, let's get it correct. Hey, <laughs> give him in his 12 yards. <laughs> but, man, that, I mean, dude. I mean, he, and what, he, what he did to Minnesota, and that, that big run at the end, and Minnesota was, like, running over people. Uh, what, was, what was it, 2016? That was 2017. 2017? Yeah, yeah. Man, that yeah, that's when, when he juked out the safety. Yeah. He was looking for like 70 yards. That safety came in the box. He said, hey, hey. <laughs> and he took off. And, that, and the stadium exploded. I mean, that place went bananas. And then yeah, he, I was at that game, too, with uh, my yeah. cousin, the Vikings fan. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I was at that one, too, man. That's nice. Oh, hey, man. I never forget. I'll never forget Cam's first win. I, I was there soaking wet. The uh, the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the monsoon, oh, where monsoon, yeah. in 2011 when he got his uh, first ever win. The like, mud, mud bowl. I was sick for like four days, but um, <laughs> <laughs> man, that was a great when he threw the game winner to uh, the Greg Olson man, yeah. who was uh, lined up in the backfield. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was it was just crazy, man. I mean, it's that yeah, man. It's, Damn, Cam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the rookie year was something because in the preseason, you're just looking at him like, uh, why did we draft him overall? You sure he's going to be good? Yeah, right. He was, was like awful in the preseason. <laughs> winging it off his back foot. I'm like, what the fuck yards is over this guy, Like, uh, is he ready to right. play this year? Bruh. Week one. Week one, 400 yards. <laughs> week two. 400 yards. Okay, okay. Okay, I see what we got in. This guy's real. All right. This guy's for real, for real. We already knew he could run the football. I mean, hell. If you didn't know that, you do not watch the football. But, man, he started. He, when he when he got his rhythm, he, he was, woof. He was something. He was something. 
And you know what, folks? I'm going to go ahead and put this out here because, damn it, this pisses me off. Big Cat did not help Cam out that much, man. We, we could have put more weapons around this guy than we did, and we didn't. Um, and that, 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 that will always stick with me, man. We, we really could have helped him out and we didn't. Um, that, that bothers me, but you know, 2015 happened and there's nothing you can say about that. You know, to, to clarify that, let's, let's keep it real. Um, you know, before Cam touched the field, you know, you know, Herney had a, a guap of money and he just blew it that year that really handcuffed us from really adding around Cam pretty much for, for Cam's first six years, six to be years. honest. Like, yep. we really didn't get out of cap hell yep. until 2017. So think about it. From 2011 to 2017, you know, all we all we was was in was in the Dollar Tree line. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we ain't had no choice. Man. You know, so, yeah, you can, you, you, can, you can say we probably could have picked up this player here or there, but overall, you know, you know, Gettleman was right. You know, you, you can't work in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, where the money coming from? Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, but I, I just hope Cam can go to a place where where he's allowed to be set up to succeed and just really just, you know, like you say, prove it to himself, you know. He's he's going he's gonna to play with a chip on his shoulder. I, I'd hate to go up against this guy next year. He's Boy, he talked. <laughs> yeah, we all seen what Cam's like, Cam's like when he's pissed off. Don't piss that man off. And you know what? I can see Cam because it's competitive nature. You know, everybody's saying Brady need to get out the AFC because of Mahomes and and uh, and um, oh, uh, Jackson. Jackson. I can see Cam being like, "Man, fuck that! I go." You know, <laughs> the competitive nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see Cam like, "Yo, uh-huh. I was doing what y'all was doing way before y'all got here. Y'all uh-huh. was watching me in high school." Uh-huh. Hold on, Watch allow, this. allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> my name is My name is Cam. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see him. Going to a to a AST team like like the Chargers or the Patriots and be like you know watch me now. I, right. I, I mean you know he's that ultimate competitor like he doesn't shy away from from challenges. So it wouldn't surprise me a bit to go into where everybody else saying it's uh, it's it's a one man or two man show. I'm like mm-hmm. oh really? I right, watch this. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for that. 30 for 30 episode 10 years down the road to get that inside access of what's yes. been going on what behind the scenes for the last two years, man. I mean, everybody's got their own version of what's been happening, what's yeah. been offered, this, this, and that. Yeah. I think the only people that truly have answers, Marty Ernie, David Tepper, and Cam Newton, maybe Ron Rivera, yeah. but, you know, and Bus Cook, obviously. Yeah, you know, Cook, he wants yeah. to get his client paid, but, you know, man. Yeah, he wants to get paid, too, shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You get his commission, but you know, man, I don't know. Like, part of me says, you know, I why wasn't this handled better? You know, True. do you have to have an ugly exit from your franchise quarterback like this? You know, I'm just trying to remember how did Brett Favre leave the Packers? How did Peyton Manning leave the Colts? Was it, you know, more respectable than this? I know Manning did a press conference, an exit press conference with the Colts, yeah. and they kind of mutually parted ways. Yeah. And I don't remember Favre and the Packers that well, but does it have to be this ugly? It's just, you know, it's just a lot of question marks, even though, wow, this ended, you know? Just have to think about that. And Peyton Manning. For the record, uh, I'm sorry, Tim, for the record, the Favre, I remember that because, you know, for the last three years, he was in the door, out the door about coming back and finding this, like, look, we done drafted this guy named Aaron Rodgers. He's been sitting on the bench the last three years. Um, you know, his rookie contract almost up and we haven't even seen him on the field. 
So, uh, you know, I know you want to come back for that one last try, but uh, you got to get that somewhere else. So uh, <laughs> with Favre, Favre brought that more on his own than the, than the organization uh, because, you know, he, uh, he, you know, I think that's where, you know, Thomas David got his case of, I'm going to retire. No, one more year. All right, I'm going to retire. No, one more year. Yeah. You know, that, I think he got that from Favre because that's pretty much what Favre did is uh, – last three years, which led to them drafting Aaron Rodgers in the first place because he told him he was about to hang it up. So you spent a first-round pick on a quarterback. Um, yeah, you, you got to, you got to see what you have, and a good thing that they did. Yeah, yeah. He, Aaron, Aaron panned out quite well, actually. Um, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. Good luck, Cam. Good luck. You know, and – um. Before we get out of here, I'd like to wish uh, good luck to one Thomas Brady because um, uh, you're going to be playing for the Buccaneers. <laughs> Bless your heart. You want to talk about going to a franchise that is completely opposite of one another. How, how would it feel like going from winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl and a organized, you know, highly, you know, highly touted franchise like the Patriots and moving down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that's gotta be wow. That that is a change, man. That's like that's like going from that's like going from damn steak and steak and ale to McDonald's, bro. I mean that's just Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. That's like man, that's like oh man, I don't know what that's like. That's I can't imagine that shit. Thomas, Thomas, bless your heart. But you're gonna to have to run up against this Panther defense without without that uh that that OC and Belichick defense you used to play with all the time. So what's that gonna be like for you, buddy? <laughs> what do you think, Kev? Well, I think his bank account gonna like it because you know Florida doesn't have an income tax, so you know he's been taking those you know what I'm saying um those uh team friendly deals all his career, and from what I'm hearing is being accurate. It looks like he's gonna be getting around. 30 million because the books had over 80 something million dollars heading into this all season. So, uh, his money about to be long, um, you know, here, uh, I, ironically, he's going to have more weapons, young weapons yes. that, you know, are in their prime yeah. to, to work with here. Um, he got a coach that is not on the Belichick level, but a highly regarded coach that, um, that also has something to prove as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, even though it's in our division, I thought this would be the best best uh, move for Brady uh, uh, to move on. Um, now, Bucks ain't got the best offensive lines. They had to address that, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they let go Mister Thirty for Thirty. We was talking about that Winston. Um, <laughs> you know, you know they done. You know, you know, like he sent him off. You know, he had his own Thirty for Thirty specialist damn self last year. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think that was it. More money and, and more weapons. I mean, if you if you ever want to try to prove yourself, uh, and you know you got to think about it, you're coming in a, in a division where you possibly could win it and to get into the playoffs um, as well. Because let's be honest, we're gonna you know we rebuilding. You know, Atlanta's Atlanta. They in, they in cap hell. Uh, you know, you know New Orleans is New Orleans, but you know we've shown that uh, you know if you don't beat yourself. You know what I'm saying? You can take them right now to the wire and get them as well. So uh, I, I see if, if Brady's thinking about, you know, one more strong playoff push, this obviously made the most sense for him. Mm. Mm. Will, what you think about this Brady move? 
Yeah, I saw somebody on ESPN made a good point. Playing for Bill Belichick is hard. And it's just amazing how Brady lasted with Bill for all these years, man. Good point. I think it, you know, Bill's not going to pay him top dollar. I just doesn't believe in that. Right. He, no matter how big you are, he treats you all the same. You know, he wants to, you know, Brady was forced to take pay cuts so that they could address other positions. And after a while, I just think Tom got tired of that. He wants to be, go where somewhere he's appreciated, where a team's going to prioritize him, add weapons, and build around him. Mm. I think I uh, read where Tampa Bay might make a trade for Todd Gurley, add more speed receivers like Brandon Cooks, wow. and really cater to Brady and make this all about him. Wow. So, I mean, Bruce Arians being an offensive-minded guy, I mean, he revived Carson Palmer's career, had him as runner-up MVP in 2015. Yep. So I think he just thinks he can do that same type of project with Tom Brady. Um, I think the Super Bowl's in Tampa next year. So that's another thing that Brady might have thought of, you know, go to win the Super Bowl for the hometown team. Mm-hmm. They have a ton of cap space to build around them. You know, they can address their secondary. They got a pretty solid run defense. I mean, I really like their D-line with uh, Vita Vea. You know, he gave us hell last year. God, so, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you just I think it was a good situation for him altogether. Let's go to a place where he can spend the last two years of his career in warm weather, be appreciated, and you know, then try, try to finish his career on top. So we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of excited to have Brady in the division. I just wish we were in more of a position to, you know, contend for the South than we are right now. Yeah, man. And, you know, as much as I like Teddy, I mean, imagine a division with Cam, Brady, um, Ryan, and Breeze as the four quarterbacks. I mean, that would have been crazy, but, you know, we'll see. Um See how it plays out. That's why they play the games. That's why they play the Hello. <laughs> you play to win the game. Peace out to Herm Edwards. I hate to say it, folks, but uh I believe we've come to the end of the road of this uh this podcast. Number fifty. That's right. Number fifty. That means we got we got fifty more to do. No. I'm just- <laughs> Um, but seriously, guys, I appreciate you guys checking out the Four Man Rush uh, podcast. Um, I know a lot of you guys are listening to us have been with us from the beginning. And uh, I, I, on, on behalf of Kevin and Will, myself, Larry, and everybody, everybody from the Four Man Rush podcast crew and the Four Man Rush crew all together, um, thank you, seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, man. Appreciate y'all, for real. Um, you guys have been really active, um, especially on the Facebook chat. <laughs> hey, hey, y- y'all, y'all keeping y- keeping Kevin on his toes, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all bringing it. I love it, love it. Good communication, good communication. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, man, Twitter too, man. Um, great communication. Um, Instagram, great communication. So really appreciate you guys. Really, seriously, you you guys drive us, um, drive us forward, um, with this. Uh, this venture and we loving it um even though cam's not here anymore damn it we are and we're going we're not going anywhere tepper don't pay our bills <laughs> it'd be nice if he did but that motherfucker don't pay our bills <laughs> not if yet he did, we'd be doing this podcast inside of bank of america stadium you know what i'm saying well, that, that would be nice <laughs> hey, look, you fly, look you fly us all there every damn tuesday <laughs> He probably would. He probably would. I'll drive. Personally, I'll, I'll drive. I'll drive. I don't. I ain't flying. <laughs> I ain't flying with that virus flowing around. Hell no. 
<laughs> have a damn can of Lysol under my seat. <laughs> you look at me wrong, I'm spraying this. What you looking at? <laughs> you can't say nobody God bless you when they sneeze now. Now it's like, you don't get away with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no blessing. <laughs> you better get the thing away from me. Corona. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Take your ass south of the border, Corona. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, hey, thank you guys for checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Uh, whether you're listening to this podcast in the morning, afternoon, or in the evening, thank you so much. We hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Don't put your head in the sand, damn it. It's still Panther Nation. Regardless of who's putting that jersey on, it's Panther Nation, people. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about that logo and the fan base, period. And that's why we're here, the four-man rush. Hey, you guys take care of yourself. Feed your children. Put some water in your dog's bowl. And as always, keep pounding. Claire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yo, this was fun. <laughs> hey, yeah, since bro. people are quarantined and stuff, man, they ought to be able to catch up on all our episodes. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, binge. Binge it. Binge the hell out of it. I mean, I was just reading. I was just reading. Yeah, man. Uh, I was just reading. They talking about in California, kids might not be going back to school until the fall. Oh, my God. Oh, Dang. my God. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, 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 they like that. They're talking about that now. One of my one of my fitness clients, she's uh she's on the uh the school board uh for this county and she said they have an emergency meeting tonight about them not coming back to school till till next year. Oh man. Real talk. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they got the city of San Francisco locked down for three weeks, which is why my flight got canceled to go see my daughter, man. Oh shit, I didn't like, know that. Like San Fran is just just clank clank right now. The Four Men Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.